All right, we're back on uh, the top 25 voter pod with me, uh, as always, is one of my fellow top 25 voters, and that is Mr. John Werner. John, how you doing? Doing great, Bryce. Hey, that hat's become a fixture, it seems like now. You know that I like to go play basketball at lunchtime. (laughs) I have the bedhead going on. Why take a shower before you're going to go play basketball? Uh, I um, so with us also is our good friend Danny Davis from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, Danny, so pleased to have you on. Danny's been with the Statesman since 2007, uh, among other things, covers uh, the Texas women uh, as their beat writer. But um, Danny, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Looking looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. We'll talk all about how fun voting in the AP poll is. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, I know you mentioned the other day that you felt like it was the bane of your uh, existence. Obviously, it's one of those things that can be a little tedious. But um, first, I want to address something that happened in the uh, AP women's poll this week. So history was made uh, from a Texas perspective, Texas, the state, not UT, although certainly you could include them in this. Um, And it's not the kind of history you want to make. So for the first time in the history of the AP top 25 women's poll, no Texas teams were ranked. Um, I wrote a column about it earlier this week. Um, What do you guys make of this? I mean, is this just kind of a temporary hiccup or is this a trend? I mean, has, has the level of play in the Lone Star State slipped that much? Danny? I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, you can kind of look at it a couple ways. I mean, first, I think a lot of people deserve some applause for keeping Texas the state ranked for as long as it is. Whether or not you want to go back to Jody and what she did in the 80s at Texas, obviously, Marsha, Sharp, Texas Tech. And then obviously, you know, um, you know, we we don't need to talk about Kim. I mean, what she did these <laughs> 20 years at yeah. um, Baylor, however long she was there, was incredible and you know she kind of was keeping that streak alive these last uh two decades texas definitely had some good teams but they have not been consistent that entire time and baylor definitely has so when you have that it just takes a couple bad years or a couple like a bad season or a couple bad weeks by some of these top tier teams because tcu is not um carrying its weight texas tech currently is not carrying its weight um, those lower tier teams, you know, the Rices, the Houston's, Texas States, even if they're having really good seasons. I mean, I know Rice has had a couple of good seasons, but they've really struggled to even be getting votes because they're mid-major. And unless you're a voter in the state, you really don't know about them. So it's really tough for some of those mid-majors to get that um, you know, traction. So you need Baylor, you need Texas to be doing all the heavy lifting and um Baylor had that stretch where they had those um you know those two two straight losses and that really hurt them in the poll because they were kind of near the bottom Texas losing to Texas Tech did not help their case so if you have the big dogs not you know doing all the heavy lifting that streak is going to come to an end but it just does kind of say you know just how dominant um a Baylor has been these last two decades what Texas has done during that stretch and that should be applauded but you know, those teams are going to have to go back and, you know, do the heavy lifting if Texas wants to start another streak as a state. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, John, what do you say? Uh, I think it's just kind of a blip, really. Uh, you know, just kind of a, you know, Texas, Baylor, they've lost a few games lately. 
and they're not that far out of the pole. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think they'll at least one or two, two of those teams will be back pretty soon. I, I, I would guess Texas will probably be back this next Well, week. right. So Longhorns get, uh, as we record this podcast on a Thursday, Longhorns are coming off a big win really last night against a ranked OU team. And um, what, that's two in a row. Who do they have next, Danny? They have Oklahoma State on Saturday, so a rematch of one of their two conference losses. And I will say, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, Texas should be ranked. Like, I think it's <laughs> absurd that Texas is not ranked. And I think that highlights one of the problems I do have with the AP poll is, you know, a lot of it's it's a national poll. And that's the problem we have with some of these national polls. Is a lot of these national polls aren't, you know, and this goes for me voting for a team like Maryland or, you know, a team like UCLA or something like that, you know. You don't see the team. You just kind of see the losses. You don't see the context. You don't see the, you know, standings. You just kind of see the wins and losses. And oh, te- you just see Texas lost to Texas Tech. You got you got to boot them, and you don't take any context into that. You just see Baylor lost to a Oklahoma State team. You don't see that Oklahoma State just got hot for a little bit, and also you're just punishing them for losing to Oklahoma State. Like there's a lot of co- context lost in these national polls and. I'm sorry, Texas is probably the best team in the Big 12, and I think it's silly that they're not ranked because they lost to Texas Tech in Lubbock in what was Texas Tech's Super Bowl. Um, Not that that's not a bad loss, not that Texas Tech shouldn't be, you know, celebrating that and Texas shouldn't be kicking themselves for that that loss, but I don't think that loss should kick Texas from the poll, especially when this was the number three team in the preseason poll. They were voting into that spot because of Rory Harmon, you know, they got off to a slow start because Rory wasn't playing, but now she's playing. This is the Texas team people expected. And all of a sudden, a team with a number, a top 15 net ranking, all of a sudden isn't ranked because they lost to Texas Tech. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, that just doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, you probably make the same arguments for a Baylor, you know, maybe deserving a spot towards the end of the poll, you know, in, in, the, in the 20 range and stuff like that. But, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these polls and awards and stuff like that, when they're national, voted on nationally they're you know regionally biased and um maybe i'd probably give the benefit of the doubt a little bit more to big 12 teams and you know if i was an acc writer or something like that but that's just kind of how these things go and you know that's just kind of texas should be ranked that's just my kind of long my long yeah no i i get that and honestly one of the things i did say in my column uh a little bit to john's point about it being a blip was uh that i do think like the Longhorns will be back there pretty pretty soon. I mean, uh, you know, if they if they beat Oklahoma State, um, you know, you're talking about three game three game winning streak, and they were 25 just a week ago. Uh, that feels like they would climb back in. Um, and you know, if Baylor can get hot again, certainly they can get back in the poll. But I will say, speaking as a voter, um, I do get it when teams lose and you drop them. I mean, that's what you got to do. And I also understand what Danny you're saying about the context of it all. I mean, losses are inevitable. Um, And I think one of the points I made in my column was uh, just the, the women's game right now has more parity than it's had maybe ever. Uh, I think it, it, more closely mirrors the men's game than than perhaps any time in history. And, you know, there used to be sort of the Blue Bloods at the top with UConn and Tennessee and those programs, Stanford maybe, and 
And now it's just the talent is much more evenly distributed and you still have some blue bloods, but uh, they can lose too. So uh, back to the Texas women. So Danny, you brought them up and and mentioned uh, that, you know, they're arguably the best team in the big 12. Certainly they're tied for the lead now after that um, win over OU uh, they've been up and down though. I mean, they have six losses kind of, um, you know, we were talking about it on Sunday, you and I just about, uh, not always knowing which team was going to show up for either Texas or Baylor. Um, uh, so Vic Schaefer though, has taken these Longhorns to the elite eight, each of his first two years. So what, you know, what's the, what are the odds that that happens again, that they make another deep run in the tournament? I think I've said this a couple of times. I know, I know my, I mentioned it yesterday. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Texas makes it to the final four this year. I also wouldn't be surprised they lost in the second round. I mean, they yeah. have been a little erratic this year. Um, the last two years, Vic has managed to get everyone on the, on the right page in March and they've gotten hot, especially that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 2021 team that came in as a six seed and got to the elite eight. I mean, I think last year was a little bit more expected because that was a, um, team that got really, really hot going into the postseason. Um, so I, I think what Texas fans and Vic are banking on is that this team that has a lot of fresh faces this season, um, they're playing four transfers, um, three, they're starting three transfers, and then their first person off the bench is another transfer. Their second person off the bench is a freshman. And so, and they have another freshman who's a heavy rotation player. So they have a lot of new faces. And I think Vic is just hoping that. By the time March gets around, this team is gelled. They're kind of, um, you know, getting feeling each other out, feeling the way he wants them to play, especially defensively, and that they can, you know, get hot again. Um, you, you, we talk about how erratic they've been, and that that's true. I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think you kind of have to throw three of those losses out. They count. Um, you know, you can't say that the loss to UConn didn't happen. You can't say the loss to Marquette and Louisville didn't happen, but you know, it matters that Rory wasn't playing in those games and that this is not the same team without their all-American candidate point guard um, running the show. Since she plays 40 minutes a game is probably their best defender and it's obviously their offensive catalyst. So, um, but, you know, Rory was on the floor for that Oklahoma State loss. She was on the floor for that Texas Tech loss. So they this team can lose um, with her in the lineup. They have played a lot worse on the road than they have at home, although they played well um, this past Sunday at Baylor, even though that's, you know, a 90-minute drive from Austin. It's not that huge of a road game, but that's still hostile, hostile, uh, hostile ground. So um, they played really well at home. They've, uh, you know, beat the snot out of, um, you know, so, some ranked uh, Big 12 teams at home, and um, but they're going to have to go on the road at some point to prove themselves, and we'll see if they can finally find some consistency um, on the road. Because even last night, um, you know, Vic was kind of getting made fun of um, by by the media because he came into the post game press conference after they beat number fourteen Oklahoma by twenty points, never trailed them. Vic had a laundry list of things he was upset about, and it was like, "All right, man, enjoy this team." But I mean, that, I, I guess <laughs> that's what makes a good coach. You can nitpick about um, even even a blowout win. So we'll see if they can find that consistency and just kind of gel. And but I have a feeling they'll probably be, you know, in form and what people are expecting Texas to be come come March. Yeah, I was impressed with them on Sunday, and certainly Rory is you know, one of the best point guards in the country, I would say. Um, 
not a great three-point shooter, but I don't know that she has to be for this team. I mean, they have other shooters, and uh, she can she can get to the rim. She can she can really facilitate the offense. I mean, she's fun to watch. Um, another guy who's fun to watch is Keontae George. <laughs> Let's talk about the Baylor men, Johnny. Uh, right. You know, they're on a good streak now. They've gotten onto a five-game winning streak after that what, 0-3 start to the Big 12? Right. Uh, and, you know, one of those wins came on Monday over the defending national champion Kansas Jayhawks um, on, on Big Monday. So what has been just kind of the key to this winning streak for Baylor? Well, I think the biggest thing is they're playing much better defense. During those three losses, they were giving up an average of 87 points per game. The five wins – they're giving up an average of 67 points a game. So a 20-point difference in defense, uh, yeah, that's uh, – Funny how that works. <laughs> right. Now, I will say, you know, the, the teams they played, Iowa State, TCU, and K-State, they're pro- they're three of the best offensive teams in the league too. So, you know, you're probably going to give up more points to those teams anyway. Uh, but uh, other than that, they've uh, they've continued to rebound really well. Their, their guards are, are both uh, Adam Flagler, Keontae George are both really good rebounders at the guard position. And uh, I think they're moving moving the ball around a lot better. They're finding the open man. They're making the extra pass. Uh, and, uh, you know, Keontae's obviously had a couple of huge games, 32 points at West Virginia, 27 at Texas Tech. But I think he's also become kind of a marked man now. Uh, a lot of teams are putting their best defender on him. So, but that that's opened up things for L.J. Cryer and Adam Flagler. And on uh, on Monday night, Langston Love ha- had a huge second half, eleven points, uh, made some good defensive plays. I-, I thought he was he made the most critical plays in the game in the second half. So yeah, they've got it rolling pretty well and. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, three teams, uh, K-State, Iowa State, TCU, tied six and two. Then you got three more at five and three. So it's going to go down to the wire. I, th- I think all those teams are going to get really high seeds in the NCAA tournament. Except they're going to beat up on each other. So that might <laughs> that might hurt the seeding. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going a little off book here, guys, uh, just warning you. But uh, Danny kind of um, – opened up the avenue for this uh you're so john you vote in the ap men's poll mm-hmm. danny and i vote in the ap women's poll hence the name of the podcast um so uh, again danny you kind of hit on this but what when you guys are voting each week what are you kind of looking at how much are you looking at scores during the week and games and uh, trying to keep abreast of like what you talked about, Danny, the context of it all. Um, and so, I mean, what's just kind of your, the method to your madness when you're voting? <laughs> Danny, I'll start with you. I mean, obviously, you know, I keep track of scores during the week. Um, you know, I follow a, a decent amount of really talented, good reporters um, that cover women's basketball. So, you know, especially nationally. So, they keep me up to date and you try to keep track of, especially what's happening with the top tier teams. Um, I would say the majority of my work is probably done on Sunday. Um, 
you know, Doug sends out, um, you know, the email saying here, here's what happened with the top 25 teams, obviously go over that. Then I go over, you know, net ranking standing, some of the other things I like to look at, um, you know, some context stuff, like, you know, how much am I weighing this loss against who, you know, was this person out, et cetera, et cetera. Why? You know, sometimes you look at a score and it's like, you know, they lost by 20 points. Why did that happen? As you try to Reading a little, okay, you know, three three starters are out, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you don't want to ding them that much. Sometimes you go back and look at a loss that, you know, let's, you know, like Oklahoma State, for example. You know, when Texas lost to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago, that looked awful on Texas. And I think I dropped them from my poll at that point. That maybe one of the weeks I didn't vote for them. But then the next week when they went and beat Baylor um, and then were competitive against Iowa State, you're like, okay, you know, that loss isn't as bad. I can go back and look at that and be like, Okay, you know, still not a great loss for Texas, but you know that's not as terrible as I thought it was. So you try to you know go back and reexamine some of the previous losses. Maybe if a team had a huge win against a team that's kind of fallen off, you don't you know Texas fans just talking about football. That Notre Dame game when they beat Notre Dame, um, two thousand sixteen, everyone thought that was the you know, best one in the world. Then Notre Dame fell off and it wasn't that great. So yeah. you try to you know reexamine some stuff. Obviously, you can't do that for all twenty five teams you vote for. I mean that's a at this point in the season, every team has like 20 games in their schedule. You can't go that in depth. So, you know, he's kind of takes some piece, bits and pieces, some of its vibes, um, move move around the poll. I usually do my poll on Sunday night, submit it. I get up on Monday morning, um, usually before I wake my son up, get him ready for school. And then I re-go over it just to make sure that um, there isn't anything that I didn't like. Sometimes there's like a team like I really wanted to vote this team higher and so I'll I'll, I'll readjust and uh, resubmit and, uh, you know, go, go about my business. So it's usually I wouldn't say I spend 48 hours on this thing or it's something I'm devoting my entire week to, but it's definitely something I spend, you know, an hour or so on Sunday and then a, a few minutes on Monday just to make sure I didn't screw anything up um, or make any outrageous, uh, outrageous votes or something like that. Cause every once in a while, something like that will happen. Like, Oh shoot, I clicked on the wrong team. I need to make sure I, I don't, I don't hit send on that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very similar to what I do, but uh, John, how about you? Yeah, I'll definitely look at scores, strength of schedule, you know, who they've played lately, you know, uh, like Kansas last week, they were number two, they lost an overtime game at K-State. But then you look at that 83-60 to 60 loss to TCU at Allen Fieldhouse, where they have hardly ever lose. It was Bill Self's second-worst loss there. So I think you have to drop them a few more slots when you lose that big at home. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like Danny. I spent about an hour doing it on Sunday night. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the, usually about the top 20 are not too hard to figure out. It's those last five that I probably spend the most time on. Uh, I mean, I, I'll usually put like somebody from a smaller conference in that top five. I mean, and in that last five, like College of Charleston or Florida Atlantic or maybe a New Mexico, somebody with a really good record, you know, that's hasn't got a lot of recognition. Um, and at the same time, I will say, uh, you know, a team like Kentucky or North Carolina who uh, frankly, have been disappointments this year. I'm less likely to put them in, in one of those last two or three s- spots, you know, with six or seven losses. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I would rather put uh, a team from a smaller conference who's not getting a whole, getting a whole lot of recognition. But uh, 
Yeah, really, there, there's a whole lot of different angles you have to think about. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to do. <laughs> so I, I would say I, I, there's a lot of things, a lot of uh, common threads here. I, I mean, I, I would say I spend about the same amount of time that you guys do. And I also work on it on Sunday night. Um, as Danny said, we have, you know, just how the sausage is made a little bit. We have <laughs> uh, Doug Feinberg from the AP uh, sends out the women's stuff about how each team fared that week. Uh, personally, I tend to not drop a team if they haven't lost a game that week. So like uh, that sometimes can simplify your poll, uh, you know, now are, is that a hard and fast rule? Not necessarily, because if there are teams that gain a, a really, really impressive win, um, I, like, I think I, I want to say I flipped Utah and Notre Dame this week in the poll. Um, trying to remember the context behind all of that, but um, anyway, you can you can climb over another team if I if I think that you know y- you've really accomplished something great. Um, I mean, I I do uh, I I don't really care how other voters are ranking teams. I don't really look at that. Um, I do look at one of the one of the little metrics I look at. I don't look much at the net ranking, but uh, maybe I should. But I do look at um, record against other ranked teams, which that probably is reflected in in a net ranking. Um, and for instance, like I think the LSU women are probably pretty good, uh, and I've got them about sixth in the country, and they're what third? I want to say, Danny. Uh, overall, uh, that said, they've played one top 25 team all year long. Baylor's played seven. Uh, and I just, it's hard to know just how good LSU is. And the one they played was in conference play. They didn't play any in non-conference. Um, so, you know, I've got them ranked a little bit lower just because of that. Now they're still undefeated. Uh, so, you know, and I think Angel Reese is one of the best players in the country and, and they, you know, they still will be a hard out for somebody in the NCAA tournament, but those are kind of the things that I look at when I'm making my votes. Cause I do think that strength of schedule should be um, an important metric, you know? So and and personally, I don't mind doing it. Uh, I told Danny the other day, the one I, the bane of my existence is the voting on the Big 12 Player of the Week stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you have a very small window of time to do that. So um, I, I like to have a little bit more leeway. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I commend you for openly saying that you have... LSU six because I would imagine their their head coach still has your phone number. She does still have my phone number. Hunt you down. <laughs> yeah, she sees all, Danny. She fortunately uh, does not call or text like she used to. But um, I will say, I te- I I texted her once uh, her first season last year. Uh, I mean, we've con- we've conversed a couple of times, but um, she had a, a girl named Cherry on her on her team, a last name, Cherry. And, uh, and 
she had a really good game at the start of the season. And um, I think LSU won their first game under Mulkey. And I texted Kim and I said, <clears throat> congratulations on the first win at LSU. I said, that said, if I see a headline that says, Cherry's in the doghouse. I'm not going to be surprised. At <laughs> and uh, Kim is, if nothing else, Kim tends to have a pretty good sense of humor. And I was expecting more of a reaction. All she did was just text back and said, thanks, Bryce. <laughs> so there you go. I, I almost thought, I wonder if Cherry's already in the doghouse. <laughs> so anyway. Just because of the name. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, my gosh. How did I get a cherry on this thing? <laughs> uh, so, guys, this weekend we have the Big 12 SEC Challenge in the men's game. Um, that is what that's called, right, John? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's a brief detour from the conference schedule. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of intriguing matchups uh certainly historically kansas kentucky is you know a matchup of two blue bloods now kansas is on a little bit of a slide um how much do you think these coaches get into these conference um battles you know uh, pac-12 does some with the big 12 as well um and do they have any lasting benefits beyond just bragging rights well, I know Scott Drew loves it because his teams always do well in these. I mean, <laughs> as you know, SEC Challenge, Big East, Pac-12, you name it. They've got pretty remarkable records in them. And uh, I think his teams really get up for them because I think they know the importance of them. You know, at the end of the year when the NCAA tourna- Tournament Committee is looking at the resumes and, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, late – January, early February, you see, an, you know, an, uh, a win over a, a, another really good conference team. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he lets his players know the importance of it. Of it. And I also think that, um, you know, I think they kind of like stepping outside a conference, maybe midway through. Just I think it kind of re, uh, relieves the pressure a little bit. Uh, Baylor always looks pretty relaxed and loose in, in these games. And I think it's just kind of their approach to it. And they normally play pretty well in them. So I, I know Scott Drew really likes it. Uh, I don't know about the other coaches, really, how much they like it. But uh, I would think in general, uh, you know, just it's just kind of like a breath of fresh air in the middle of conference play. Danny, what do you say? I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where it is kind of nice, a nice little break. Obviously, uh, I think the women do theirs in December, um, whenever that Big 12 SEC deal was. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, no one's hanging a banner, um, regardless of what happens this week. But I, I think if you're a team with tournament aspirations, you hope you get matched up to, with another team that uh, will test you. Um, but it's also something that, you know, Texas is playing Tennessee um, this weekend. And obviously for Texas fans, because of Rick, coaching there that there's a lot of intrigue there and people will be happy to watch that game and hope the Texas wins, but if Texas loses, it's not the end of the world. Um, I mean, you get dinged a couple of spots in your, um, you know, rankings and, you know, maybe lose a spot or two in the net, but you don't have to win this game as opposed to Texas went out and lost to TCU this weekend. I mean, that'd be a pretty big blow to them um, in, in the race to the conference championship. So, I mean, it's good. It's a nice little break. 
in the middle of a long conference season. Hopefully your team is getting tested this weekend. It's not, you're not playing the last place team in the SEC or whatever. And then, you know, you can take what you get from this and move on. But obviously if, you know, Texas or Baylor wins by 30, that banner's not going up next weekend. You just kind of, you know, mark that, learn from it and, and move on. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I do think there are bragging rights. I think that is part of it. I mean, uh, certainly, uh, John, you mentioned Scott Drew. Scott's a numbers guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. always seems to have <laughs> some at the holster, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and so ready to draw. If uh, the Big tw- ten, the Big Twelve beats the SEC in this thing, I'm sure in one of his future press conferences he'll be like. Well, you know, the big well went seven and three, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, I would say it's more likely to be evenly split. Um, and um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I like just, you know, brief little detour there. Um, I, it's certainly more interesting than, let's say, the SEC football teams playing, you know, the Sisters of the Poor in November. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that little detour that they do in in their conference season, uh, that's never made any sense to me, but uh, go figure. So anyway, that's that's a, a tale for another podcast. <laughs> it's it's not football season anymore. Um, so, yeah, uh, John, you'll be watching the Bears and the Hogs this weekend, correct? Yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Old Southwest Conference rivals, some of the. The old timers will will get into that for sure. Uh, yeah. The Baylor women go to Lubbock. They had a midweek bye this week. Baylor did, and so um, they've had time to lick their wounds a little bit after that Texas loss. Um, and then Danny, you mentioned uh, the Texas women play Oklahoma State this weekend, correct? So, yeah, uh, you know the grind goes on, and uh, we'll be there bringing it to you. But Danny, thanks so much for uh, hopping on with us, man. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Yeah, appreciate appreciate y'all having me on. Hopefully, this will not be my last last stop on this pod. Oh, absolutely. All right. See you later. <laughs> See you.